Hello and welcome back to the fourth episode in the second season of the Barrel Horse Life Podcast. Have you ever had one of those, holy crap, I feel like God is talking to me moments? Or a come to Jesus moment in life when you feel like something's happening to you, but you don't quite know what to do with it? Well, a few months ago, riding my couch as a couch jockey, watching the national finals rodeo, I had that exact feeling. My blood was pumping as the camera was zooming in on the barrel racers in the alleyway. I could feel my heart rate going up and I was getting excited for these girls, knowing what was on the line each night. Ten nights of the same barrel racing pattern, chasing a buttload of money and dreams. Now I know there was a lot happening going on there, but a few things stuck out in my mind. One, Joe Bieber tells it like it is, whether you like it or not, and that's why I love him. Two. You can't always trust those grand entry horses. Man, I'm still praying for Wade every day. Three, I'm still praying for the breakaway girls to get the recognition that they deserve and to be able to compete in the Thomas and Mac just like the rest of the contestants. Four, Amanda Welsh didn't travel all the way to Vegas to play. That girl came to win. Amanda and Frenchman Firefly came out of the first round with a snappy 13.77, tying with Cheyenne Wimberly, yet winning her first go-round NFR gold buckle and winning $24,166.64 in cash. After watching that first round, I knew I had to have her on the podcast and learn more about this team. I couldn't get enough of these guys. Every time they came out, I was glued to that TV. She's cute, she's courteous, and she's a devoted mother and one hell of a cowgirl. But apparently, she's not a good roper. After the break, I'll let her tell the story. Introducing Amanda Welsh from Sundance, Wyoming. This podcast is brought to you by WOCO, a weight loss and performance training program for Western women designed to help you reach your goals inside and outside of the arena. To find out if you are a good fit for the program, go to WOCO.com. When I went through Jamie's program myself, I gained way more than I bargained for. In our first session together, she asked me, what's your goal? I said back, I just want to fit back into my gosh dang pants again. And that's no joke. Not only can I fit back into those pants, but I had to go buy all new ones because they're all too big. Yes! Jamie taught me that my body needs carbs, which I love. And I need to listen to my hunger cues and be prepared to feed them. And always have an emergency dinner in the freezer for those long days when you fail at life and you don't want to fail at dinner. Jamie's a registered dietitian and an accomplished 1D barrel racer, so she totally gets it. Go to woco.com and use code Amy10, that's W-H-O-A-A-C-O.com and use my code for any service. Hey guys, it's Amy. I want to tell you a little something. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you have horses. Maybe not barrel racing horses. You might just have a backyard pet. But either way, they're our best friends. And performance horses are athletes, and we ask a lot of them. Draw It Out is an all-natural topical liniment that removes heat, inflammation, and soreness anywhere on your horse's body. You can put it under wraps, saddle pads, even blankets. I mean, there's nothing on the market that's like this. It's completely safe, 100% natural, and it's super convenient to use. I keep it in the barn, in the trailer. Heck, I even keep it in the house. Their deep penetrating formula is completely sensation-free, so it goes on your horses gently with zero heating, zero cooling, and no tingling effects. You guys, that means there's no burns and no blistering with this products on our best friends. That's huge! I never leave home without their concentrate spray and gel. And in the summertime, their citroquin bug spray is the real deal. It actually works. 
their new master mud poultice and ice bath are essential when competing and hauling down the road. Truly, keeping down as much inflammation as possible is key to the 1D. Click your way on over to LonePrairiePHS.com, that's LonePrairiePHS.com, and enter code AMY10 in the checkout. Let's keep our animals competing at the top of their game. So today on the show, I have the much-awaited NFR qualifier and writer, Amanda Welsh. So thank you for joining me on the show today. I know I've had a lot of requests to have you on the show, and I'm very excited to have you on the show. So tell us where you at today and what you got going on. Thank you for having me. Um, I am at home in Sundance, Wyoming, and um, enjoying the cold weather before... Uh, I head down to Texas for Fort Worth next week. So just uh, after spending two weeks in Vegas, it's really been great to just be home. <laughs> I bet that's a lot. That's, a, that's quite a far haul. How long of a drive is that for you guys? Uh, we did break it up into two days. I think it was probably 17 or 18 hours total. Man, that's a long haul. Because you guys went down there a couple of days beforehand, didn't you? Yeah, we got him down there just because it had been so cold here. I knew the weather was going to be really nice there, and I just wanted to let him have a couple of days of adjusting to the warmth down there than what it was up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we get to talk too much about the nitty-gritty of the dirt in Vegas, let's kind of get back to your start, how you grew up. Let's tell us a little bit and get to know you. So I actually grew up in, um, I was born in Wisconsin, and uh, we lived there until I was six years old. My parents grew up there, uh, born and raised, and they had a dairy farm. And so when we were little, uh, we did a lot of um, little bridges back in Wisconsin. That's really big back there. And then when we moved out here, my dad started working at a coal mine, and um, just kind of grew up going to the mountains and riding ranch horses. And we junior rodeoed in Wyoming. And uh, we moved to Gillette is where we called home for most of our childhood and stuff. And then Dad started shoeing horses. And I decided that uh, all my brothers, except for my little brother, they all rode bulls. So I have three older brothers and one younger and the younger brother, Lane, he didn't want anything to do with rodeo. There's always one and, in the bunch. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, he supports us. Like, he even came out to Vegas, but it just, like, you know, like wasn't his thing, and it was totally fine. And um, so then when I was probably 12 years old is when I really decided that I wanted to barrel race, and we have not looked back. And that was just a few years ago, right? You're just you're just, just, just a youngin. And so, have you? So you were twelve when you started really barrel racing. And now, was that something you just went to like local jackpots? You kind of just started out slow, or did you just full on start at rodeos? No, my dad. There's the ums. My dad decided uh, to start raising some horses kind of around then. And we had this five-year-old gelding that we bought from my grandpa Harlan as a two-year-old. He was five. Uh, Dad's like, well, if this is what you want to do, you know, we never had money to go buy something finished. And, mm-hmm. and you know, my parents always told us, like, if you want something, you're going to have to work hard at it and make it yourself. And so I watched a bunch of Charmaine James videos and read her book and Sharon Camarillo. I watched her video because I was like, I don't really know like how to train a barrel horse, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I learned how to do it from those two. And that horse eventually took me to three uh, state finals, two, uh, he won the high school finals for Wyoming twice and then got me to the national high school finals three years and then I did use him a little bit in college but by the time I got to college he was navicular and it was just kind of really hard to keep him sound so I didn't run him a whole lot but he did help me get to the college finals and um, a couple of the mountain state circuit finals 
yeah, it just kind of snowballed from him. I like that. I owe a lot to that horse. I called him Reno. He literally made me the rider that I am today, and I kind of got spoiled by him because he's a lot like Firefly. He's pretty, you know. I used to have to ride the ones that are automatic and just want to go do their job, but he was pretty autopilot, and um, he just took really good care of me. I was just going to say, I can only imagine the amount of knowledge and education that first horse gave you. I know what I learned from my first mare. She taught me so much. Just the basic foundations of how to care for a horse and how to treat them sticks with you for the rest of your life. And it's usually the things that we learn what to not do that we learn from best. Yes, ma'am. And a lot of people, they kept telling my mom and dad, you need to buy our new horse. That horse is junk. This and that. It took me four years um, he was a 3D40 horse for four years. And then one time overnight, he decided like, oh, okay. And it was almost like he was waiting for me. Like he just, mm-hmm. he almost like, like I was ready for that next step. And then um, it was funny because it was actually my freshman year of high school, the second go of state finals, he was in the top 10 like literally overnight because the first round he was like not even close and then overnight he was in the top 10 and it just kept going up from there like he just was like okay you're ready and there we were yeah so he was probably going as fast as you wanted to yeah and like I tried to you know because my mom and dad they're like make him run I'm like I'm trying and I'm thinking like 75 pound girl out there and this horse is he was almost 16 hands too and so he was big boy well like kind of like firefly and it was I mean I even had a whip for a while and you could whip him and it did not make him go faster he's like nope not gonna do it I know there's a lot of times at races that I'll see people and they'll be whipping their horse and every time they whip their horse the horse will just swish its tail like screw you (laughs) girl that whip ain't doing much you know a lot of times they'll just kind of pitter patter whip side to side you know we even have a local guy here who I love he air whips he pretends he has a whip (laughs) like well whatever works man so, yeah. so you grew up barrel racing, and your whole family is into rodeo, except for one brother, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. Now, your parents have their own kind of they have their own kind of quarter horse deal they have going on. But your brother is Bobby Welsh, who, who's a bull rider, and he's been yeah. at the NFR a few times. Is that correct? Yes, uh, he made it seven times. Ooh-wee. So let's hope that you can now, is there a challenge as you're like, no, nah, I'm going to beat you, you sucker. I'm going to get at least eight times. <laughs> uh, I would like to go back, you know, but it's uh, Firefly's 12 there, and I, you know, he can't go forever, but um, I'm hoping to at least get him back there another two or three times. Yeah, yeah that could be one of your like 10x goals is to be like, I want to make Vegas rodeo. And you never know, sometimes opportunities come up and an amazing horse lands in your lap and that could be your next horse you, you never know you could have two amazing horses you never know yep you never know and um so like this year you know i mean 12's not old by no means and you know he's never really been he's never had a serious injury and so you know sound wise he I'm fine. It's just like now I need to just really be picky about where he runs and just make sure that it's his setup and not waste the runs. Like, I mean, I know sometimes, like, yeah, there's going to be rodeos that we won money at last year that we might hit a barrel or we might be out of the money, but at least I know where he needs to go for his best opportunity. Correct. You know, I think Sherry Servey said, you know, there's only so many cigarettes in your pack. You only have so many runs you're going to get to make on that horse. You need to make them count. <laughs> yeah. I think about that as well. Um, so going back, so your dad rode bulls. And so we, I'm here in the Midwest, smack dab in the middle of Illinois. So the Great Lakes okay. Circuit Finals is always held over in Gordyville. So I was reading that your dad rode bulls and he made the Great Lakes Circuit Finals a few times. Is that right? Yes, ma'am, he did. Uh, he rode bulls, too, and what ended his riding career is he tore his growing, and it had he had to have surgery on it, and so um, that ended his 
career, but he, I want to say he made it to the Great Lakes Circuit probably three or four times, I think. Good for him. I feel like yeah. it, it's, rodeo's just in your blood, especially out of Wyoming. Like, I feel like everybody that I've talked to that's either from your area or Gillette, like, everybody rodeos or has rodeoed or wants to rodeo. Yeah, it's, you know, it's strong in this area. I know some people are like, oh, we wish we could do it all year long, but winter, it's hard, you know, in the winter time to keep them legged up and to have events and that kind of stuff. So it, it does quiet down a lot in the winter out here, but and I'm sure back where you are too. And yep. I've had vets look at Firefly and like chiropractors down in Texas and they're like, this horse is really sound. And I kind of look at them with like a confused look and there's, they say like the horses from up north are a lot more sound than the ones down south because our horses get breaks and there's they don't down south unless like you really make it a point to give them a break. So their bodies are just a lot more sound than the ones down south because ours get to rest three months out of the year or more. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, winter likes to last seven months up here sometimes (laughs) it's awful it never ends (laughs) yeah Yeah, that may june like you're like oh finally winter and then it's like oh nope here's a blizzard (laughs) (laughs) Uh, story of my life yeah and especially when it's really cold i've done my own research quite extensively on how extremely cold weather can actually damage a horse's lungs and i'm not a scientist and i'm not a veterinarian when it's that cold, when it's below zero and there's a wind chill that's below zero, my ass ain't going to be in that saddle. <laughs> oh, no. I have a rule. If it's 20 degrees or below, like, if it's under 20 degrees, I don't ride. I'm like, that's too cold. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did make an exception last year because uh, we, were getting, we were getting ready for San Antonio, and... Um, it was negative 30 with the wind chill and I had to haul in because I'm like the week before I left it was so cold I'm like well he can't sit for a whole week and then expect you know I can't expect him to go perform good so last year I did you know we went into the uh, Scott and Emily Arthun's barn there in Gillette and Road and um, it's not heated but it was a little obviously warmer than I but I'm like so there are exceptions to it, but most of the time, if I don't have anything going on, if it's below 20, I don't ride. Yep, I think it's, I think that's a great rule to have. So let's talk about your year that you've had last year. Well, actually, let's rewind and talk about a little bit of your career highlights. Um, back in 2020, you won the consecutive consecutive average title at the Badlands Circuit Finals, and you finished the year ranking 36 with $19,000. And even the year before, you did really, really well. So in 2021, I have a whole list of rodeos that you won. I think you won like six or seven rodeos. Um, For the third year in a row, you won the Badlands Circuit Finals average title. That's huge. (laughs) That's that's wonderful because there's some tough competition up there. You set a new arena record at the North Dakota Winter Show. That's a new arena record. What was that day like? Do you remember that? You know, I do. And that's probably one that I'll never forget. Um, what sticks out the most about that day is how he was warming up. And, like, he was full of himself. I don't even think I could, like, most of the time warming up, I mean, 90% of the time, he's super good. Like, he's, you know, but that day, there was something about him, and I couldn't even lope circles on him. Like, I just had to long trot him and then just walk him around. Like, he was changing leads and just being full. Like, he's never bucked. Like, he wasn't being naughty. He was just, like, so full of himself and feeling good. And I can remember telling myself, like, either this is going to go really good or it's going to go really bad because I, I couldn't, and thankfully it was warm enough up there, you know, for North Dakota in the winter. But, um, yeah, he was really good. And it's such a small pattern. Like, it just went by so fast. So you don't really, you know, until I went back and watched the run, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, because you couldn't really, when they're that small, you just react and yeah, you I just did. go, it was a 12, 12 second, 12.05 second pattern. 
Yeah, and uh, and when you know we were done, they had said that it was a new arena record, and um, it just makes you feel good, like. You know, we I put a lot of time into Firefly, and it just makes a person, you know, all your hard work when you can set a new arena record, it just kind of seems like it just all pays off. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't imagine blowing them up in the trailer, getting in the truck, shutting the door, putting it in a drive, and starting to drive down the road. That feeling of just pure joy you probably felt, mm-hmm. especially when you got a hefty check in your pocket. Feels even better. <laughs> so you finished seventh in the world after Vegas. Dude, you finished seventh in the world. In the world. Like, when I was reading these stats, I thought, she finished seventh. Like, I know people think, oh, she. what about finishing first or second? You finished seventh in the world. Like, that is huge. How did that change things for you? It was a big eye-opener because, um, like... I'm a single mom. Some people don't agree. And I get comments like, I will say most of the comments that I get are really great. Um, But there are comments about like, about me rodeoing and being away from the kids. And Mm -hmm. what people need to understand is this is my job. This is how I take care of my kids. (laughs) Thanks, Benny. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to judge you. Like, if you have a nine-to-five job and that's how you take care of your kids and you're doing your best, I'm so happy for you. This is something that, you know, getting to the NFR. I love you too, baby. Mm. We love you too, um, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) Wanting to make the NFR has always been a dream, you know, like, yeah. and I say dream, but like, it's a goal. You have to work your butt off for it. And, um, all yeah. your small goals lead up to that big goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of little things. Yeah. Um, and I have and, to, I have to say being a couch jockey, watching you every night, we were just cheering for you, especially knowing that you're you know, just from a little bit up north from Wisconsin. We're like, whoa, team Amanda Welsh. <laughs> and I loved, I loved following your parents on Facebook. I had actually did a little Instagram reel and I was like, if you aren't following Bob and Peggy Welsh on Facebook, you should be. Their day-to-day posts were just the best. And one thing I loved even more was the fact that, so, you know, your dad was videoing you from the alley because he was walking you in the alleyway. Uh, I, I'd watch his video every day. He would, you know, he'd talk to you and say, all the way, baby girl, you got this. Come on, honey. Mm-hmm. It was the sweetest thing. And then and then the next morning, because I go to bed super early, the next morning I'd watch the night previous night's rodeo and there'd be your dad with his camera or his phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was the sweetest thing and how did you, how did you keep your crap together for 10 runs for 10 days now I know what it's like to have like a super show or you know go to BBR finals and you know be gone for six seven days but for 10 runs for 10 days like I know it's hard to sum that up but how how mm-hmm. did like looking back how, how did you do that I had a lot of help like beforehand from other NFR qualifiers and like Bobby helped me out a lot and then um one thing that my boyfriend is friends with Brittany and Isaac Diaz and mm-hmm. Isaac told him to tell me like don't let her over glorify the NFR it he said yes it is the biggest rodeo she'll ever go to but it is just another rodeo and um so, like, I really hung on to that advice, and then just all my family and stuff out there, too. And one thing I do rely on is um, I pray a lot. And that first round, like, when I was kind of getting ready at the hotel, my nerves were kind of getting going a little bit. Like, how could they not? But, like, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, like, I just didn't want to get so bad that I lost focus of what I was doing. Um, did I have any expectations to win a go-round? No. I, I 
did not. I was like, my honestly, I wanted to go out there and make 10 clean runs because he's an honest horse. Did we do that? Nope, but it's okay. A couple things were out of our, like the first round or the, the one round that we hit that first barrel. Um, he just come on the backside and slipped on the ground and mm-hmm. stutters and kind of fell into it. Like he wasn't being naughty by no means. And then, um, so like each night, like I just always pray and I always pray before every round that just for me to be at peace where I am enjoy what I'm doing because I know that it's not going to last forever and I just want to enjoy the places that Firefly and I go together and um because these these great horses like that they don't last forever you just and then looking back on it, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I would have enjoyed this a little bit more. And I know what it's like to lose a great one unexpectedly. We lost Firefly's dad very unexpectedly. So then, it, like, when, when they're gone, you're like, you, like, sometimes you feel like, oh, I should have done this with them or I should have mm-hmm. done that. I should have given them that chance to go. Not everybody that you think is in your corner is and I have to remove some people from my life to be able to do this um so it's just and that's one other thing that helps you keep everything in line out you know out in Vegas is the people that are in your boat like really make sure they're in there helping you stay afloat rather than trying to help you sink your boat that's a very good point you know there's 15 girls all running for the exact same thing and you can either be a friend or an enemy being Mm -hmm. a frenemy there's really no in between when you're running for that much money especially every night you know there was what like twenty six thousand each go around yeah for first place 27 yeah yeah. one thing that i you know when that's your first year out there you don't really know what to expect like how the other girls are but the nice thing is is those 14 other girls they were amazing out there you know I know you rodeo with them all year but when you're in the same spot for 10 nights in a row and they were just awesome like even you know Haley asked me it hadn't even started yet she's like are you doing okay or you know like just Mm -hmm. truly wondering like how's everything going and I was like I won't lie to you. It was, at first, it was stressful. It was a lot more busier than what I thought it was going to be. Um, just with the signings and stuff like that. Like, I really thought I had them scheduled to where I would have time. But there was some days where I didn't see my kiddos because they would sleep when I left in the morning to go feed or to go sign. And I wouldn't see them until after the rodeo. But it was just having them there was just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, being able to share that opportunity and those memories, you know, even though they're young, you know, you're going to be able to have, nowadays we have cell phones that take amazing pictures. There's no such thing as digital cameras anymore. So we have cameras at our fingertips that they're going to remember all, they may not remember it, but they're going to have the memories from it. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So one thing that I personally have wanted to ask, so especially that first night when you guys all, you know, all the barrel racers leave the holding pen and head towards the alleyway, you get lined up. On a scale from 1 to 10, how ner- Well, I shouldn't say how nervous. Let me rephrase that. How puckered was your ass in that saddle <laughs> at that moment in the alleyway? Like... Uh, at first it was fine and then you know once you just like keep inching your way up you're like like we're here like we did it like the, and it hits you hard like you're finally here like I mean at practice we had that morning um you're like gosh dang like this is what this alley is but when you can hear the crowd and the music and the bulls and the shoots in the alleyway mm-hmm. like it all comes together and you're like holy buckets like it's just a I don't even I couldn't even put into words like that feeling but um it was amazing and I think I don't think that feeling will ever get old as like if we can make it a few more times I guarantee you that feeling is going to be the same feeling every first round of the NFR that you make absolutely and going back to what 
what your friend said is you're trying to tell yourself it's just another rodeo, just another rodeo, just, you know, I've, I've not, I've never been to Vegas. Well, I've been to Vegas to watch the rodeo, but I don't really remember a lot when I was there, <laughs> but <laughs> I was in the stands watching. I was not there competing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably is not going to be my deal, but I've been in similar situations where I'm very nervous. My heart's pounding. My hands are clammy and your horse feels that, you know, tighten, oh, you, yeah. you roll your pelvis forward, you tighten your butt cheeks, your legs are straighter. You tend to brace more. And, you know, a friend of mine always tells me, Amy, it's the same three cans that we turn around. It's the same approach. Your horse is automatic. We know how to do this. It's the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Joey Wargo has always told me, you go in there, you do your job. You have a job to do. You have to hold yourself accountable. And so we yeah. kind of have that mindset, you know, it does kind of shift you back in mm-hmm. perspective. But then again, your hands are still clammy. I have no spit left in my mouth. <laughs> You're yeah. so nervous. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, uh, um, and one thing with Firefly is, like, he can be a little bit fretty already. And so, like, that is one thing that I learned with him is if I completely lose composure, he's going to completely lose composure. Like, right. he just feels. And um, so that is one thing that, like, I really have to hold myself accountable for and, like, Sometimes the quieter I stay in the alleyway, like, the better for him. Um, so that is just over the years, you know, I've been running him since he was five. And uh, so that's just one thing now that it I don't even think about. You know, it's not that I have to make so much more of an effort to stay calm. It's just routine for us now. And um, But he does. Like, if I get nervous and that kind of stuff, you can usually tell in the alleyway. Like, if I'm nervous, um, he's a little bit more nervous. Sure. So now that you've had time to decompress a bit and reflect on the dirt and the fringe, the turquoise, the money, and all the booze of Vegas... If you had to go back and coach yourself again, what would you tell yourself or what what would you do differently or what would you do again? The only thing that I would change, and I wish I would have noted, like, fixed it sooner than what I did, uh, schedule-wise, everything else, like, I probably won't schedule as many signings as I did this year just so I can I would like to spend more time with the kids and do some more fun stuff with them um but like for the rodeo wise but I was sending him to like too straight going into first and so like he's not a horse that normally overruns first and there's like probably three or four rounds um, he was having to go by on the back side. Well, it was because I was putting him in too tight. Watching the videos and stuff, I was like, kind of from the angle, I was like, oh, you know, like, he's a little tight going in. But I never fixed it until I hit that barrel. I went to practice the next morning, and I fixed it. And so, like, now, if we go back there, he's a horse that has to stay to the left of the alleyway. And then, like, because as soon as you come through the the mouth of the alley into the arena, you want to start making your way to the right to get that turn because that first barrel is so close right there. And so, like, as soon as you come in, you need to start making your turn. And so, like, he's a horse that is just big enough that he needs the left side of the alley and let then let him arc in and um i finally did that i don't know was it the eighth round i think and then finally i was like well that's the first row i've been looking at since yeah. the first round <laughs> but i wish i would have fixed it sooner yeah well and the alleyway is a good width wise but yeah. at least looking from tv you know my my couch jockey i'm getting getting pretty good at it but you know just watching you come out of that alleyway you know first he's prancing backwards and forwards and backwards and all I could think of was oh dear god please keep your kneecaps in because I'm always so scared someone's going to take a kneecap off I've had a friend that did that and it is uh, it just makes me so nervous and that you know you you come flying in there 30 plus miles an hour yeah that's 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 really good advice so at least at least you know that coming into the next year you know, coming mm-hmm. into that first practice, you're going to be a lot more prepared this year, this this upcoming year for the NFR, because we know you're going to make it, and we, we believe in you. Let's talk a little bit more about Firefly. So he was born and bred and raised by your parents. 
Yes, he was. Let's talk a little bit about him. He looks, apparently he looks massive, and you said he is. How big is he? He is 16'2". Woo-wee. Close to 1,300 pounds. Oh, I bet. Is he more of like a free-running style horse? Is he one that you have to push a lot? He's a free runner, but his, like I want to explain, like I always describe him as a free runner, but he has a lot of natural rate. Like if you, if anybody watches the runs from Vegas, like there's a couple times where I like felt like I needed to bump him, um, which I don't. Like he, he's one that, small big no matter what the length to first barrel is like he finds it and so um I don't have to do a lot of like cueing him to get him to turn or anything like that uh one thing that probably helps is like obviously when I sit in my saddle like that's kind of like oh okay here we are and it just kind of goes in sync um but he's yeah I don't have to hustle him a lot like I there are days where I'm like, man, I really hustled him. And I watched the video and I kicked maybe three times in between first and second, you know, yeah. like, like, oh, yeah, I really hustled him. But um, he's just and I think if you override him, I think it makes him kind of shut down a little bit like you can kick him, but I don't have to hustle him all the way, you know. Yeah. When you do a lot of writing with your body as well, I think so often people want to, you know, get so wrapped up and kicking and whipping and well, let's, mm-hmm. let's drive with our bodies let's use our bodies and I liked what you said about that he has natural rate because in in a lot of ways you know as soon as you said natural rate that distinctly told my mind that you trusted your horse when you go to sit he mm-hmm. he, he knows his job is to start slowing down preparing collecting preparing for the turn and mm-hmm. so often we see people that just, you know, pull and yank on their horses. And that's that's not always what's acceptable. Sometimes it goes back to those basic horsemanship skills where we need to learn to teach our horses to have that collection, to have that right knowledge, and to know how to use their bodies and learn from our cues. Yeah. And that's one thing, too. Like, if I get too heavy-handed with him, it makes him so mad. And, like, there's been a couple times where I've tried to get a hold of him because I think, like, you're running too fast at first because that horse does, like, it'd be neat to see, like, exactly how fast he's running to that first barrel. But I was like, he runs Mach 90 to it. And so sometimes it's like, uh, you're not going to turn this. Like, you're going way too fast. And I want to get a hold of him. Well, then he just, he'll just get real strong and kind of go by. Like, nope, you like don't touch me Mm -hmm. and that trust is hard and I have been in the same situation where no matter how deep you sit and put your back of your pockets in that saddle and hunker down you think are you gonna make it oh okay here we go and then next thing you know you're halfway to the second and then you gotta prepare to turn again it it's Mm -hmm. it's, you know it's very hard to develop those quick habits when you're going at top speed yes does he have any quirks or habits that's very distinct to him he's a pacer and it drives me crazy um like he'll I think he just kind of gets bored and then he just starts pacing um he's been a lot better since I got him his little pony and then um I did not know he had a pony does he has his very own pony and he went to Vegas with uh, he goes everywhere with Firefly um I can't, and one of the quirks about fireflies, I can't haul him with mares because he gets so wrapped up in what, you know, just, he just quits focusing on his job, and so I can't haul him with mares. So this last summer, most of the year last year, until the last two months, um, I I hauled him by himself. That was the only horse I had with. Then I, there was a gal, Stacy Thar, that puts on the fizz bomb. She had bought a horse from my dad, and she has kids in high school, and she's, I just, you know, I, I don't have a lot of time to put into him. Can you take him some for me? So I was like, yeah, I'll take him. Well, him and Firefly buddied up like crazy. And so when he sold, I only had him for a week and a half, two weeks maybe, before he sold. And, um, I was on, I came home from Dodge City and that, those Kansas rodeos and 
a gal from Colorado bought this other horse. And so I told Craig, I'm like, he'll be, you know, once he realizes his buddy's not coming back here in a few hours, like, he'll settle down. Four days later, Firefly is still pacing, like, nonstop pace, like, just, and I told Craig, I was like, if I don't do something, because I told him right away, I was like, well, maybe I'll give him a pony. He's like, no, like, he's fine by himself. So then we were both, like, four days later, like, find a pony and find one now, because, and I told him, I'm like, if I don't do something, like, I'm not going to have a horse left, like, he's just going to wear himself out. And so I had put on Facebook that I was looking for a pony, but it had to be a gelding. And and I was like, my kids aren't going to ride it. Like, it's literally Firefly's pony. And mm-hmm. so towards the middle of August, we got Petrie, and uh, they are best friends. And we don't take him, like, wherever Firefly goes, Petrie goes. And um, it's it was probably the best $200 I spent last yeah, year. Cause it's kind of it, like his, his Thunder Buddy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they go everywhere together. That's great. Now, he's, he's, is he a little black gelding pony? He's really dark bay. Okay. Yeah, I did, I did see that on your Facebook while you were at, um, maybe even your parents. I probably saw it on your parents' Facebook while you were yeah. in Vegas. I did he, see that. Yeah, he's super sweet. Oh, yeah. He's so naughty. Uh, he's super hard to catch, so he lives in his shelter and they drop at home. <laughs> Uh, if they are stalled somewhere, I take the lead rope off just because I can catch him in the stall. Um, he's been roped a couple times and because he's gotten out mm-hmm. places, you know, he'll just run from you. And for being a little miniature pony, he's really fast. They are. I have one as well. <laughs> and before she started having issues, now she's older and has some issues, but before we have an 11 acre pasture and she would they would just roam free and she would always be the hardest one to catch out of any of them because they're mm-hmm. they're lightning fast like twice as fast as a normal size horse yes yeah and they're extremely hard although i did find a little tidbit this might help you anything with a wrapper whether if it's a peppermint or a granola bar well i got her trained now when she would hear that granola bar wrapper she, i mean she would hear it from the house <laughs> because <laughs> they, they eat full time they don't really have a job you know yeah so yeah so just a little tidbit in case you need to if that may or may not help you at all but mm. <laughs> been there done that so yeah. um what kind of bit do you like to run firefly in sometimes i feel like he needs a change up but i should just not change bits on him um 98 percent of the time i run him in the dte hack um, J.D. Morrow makes it for a guy named John. He loves that. And I think, like, he's so strong. And this is some of the reason why I tried it. I- I've tried a lot of hacks, and I used to hate them. Um, but this hack is so different than anything I've ever had before. And um, it really fits my hands. But one thing is, like, when Firefly leaves, sometimes, like, with him being as big as he is, like, I get set back. And if I get set back and my hand comes back, I'm out of his mouth. And then I'm not completely pulling him up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, he just really loves it. I ride him in it. You know, some people ride in different bits at home. Every once in a while, like, if I feel like he might need a little tune-up, I'll put another bit that J.D. Morrow sent me. You um, know, just a kind of tune him up a little bit but uh, he lost the hack more and then last summer for a month or so month and a half I ran him in uh, the no hit bit the shorter shanked no hit bit and I'll kind of bounce back between those two but most of the time he's just in the hack more what do you do uh, in the meantime when you guys are at home and you're just kind of keeping them legged up? What's your Do you have a routine that you use or any kind of special things that you do um, that fits his riding style to keep him tuned up? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a horse that doesn't need a lot of tuning or like when we're home, I never take him around, you know, like I shouldn't say never. Very rarely do I work him on barrels. Um, if I feel like he might need to quicken up his feet, we'll work the poles. Like he really loves the poles. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. And then I actually just do a lot of pasture riding with him and 
long trotting him out in the pasture, loping him. And where I live is we've got some pretty good hills. So he gets to go up and down hills. And so that's basically just all of his riding is out in the pasture when we're home. And I, like before the circuit finals and I guess the WPRA finals, I sent him over to Vana Equine. They have a underground aqua tread over there. And so he gets to go over there and get some TLC. I call it, I call that fat kid camp. Yeah. <laughs> but my horses love it. They, I have a, uh, I get, we go to Sherry sending over to high dollar ranch in Indiana, which is about three or four hours from us here. And, and my horses love it. Like the minute they get there, they're like, Oh, thank you. We're here. <laughs> it's, so like- it's, it's a great thing. They, the energy at those places are usually very calm, very quiet. They're yeah. very, um, you know, hum, you know, like the, it's just really good energy at those places. They enjoy it. They're happy and it's really good for their bodies. It really is. Yeah. And it just takes off so much wear on the joints and all of that too. And so after Pendleton, uh, he took a weird step in the short round at Pendleton and his left front, um, on the outside by his fetlock swelled up. And so we took him to the vet and, it wasn't like this year I didn't know if I was going to be able to run in that circuit finals just because that leg we didn't want to you know nothing was torn in there but it was dang sure agitated and so I just told my vet Dr. Carter and I said well if he's not you know like if there's any kind of like oh, you know he might be okay like I said I won't run him I said I don't want to you know hurt our chance to go to the finals with him like I want him to be there and um, so I actually sent him to Nirvana Equine, and they have a PEMF machine. Which one? I'm not quite sure which one they did on him, but um, they worked on him so hard, swam him a little bit, um, but they just kind of rehabbed him for me, and I literally did not get on it like he wasn't saddled for two weeks or something like that before circuit finals the first time I saddled him was to go in for our practice at circuit finals and it worked out you know he felt amazing his air was good he just felt good and that you know those aqua treads I think are just really awesome for him they are so one question that I always ask, not always, but I try to ask a lot of my guests about their horses is what kind of theme song do they have for their horses? So if Firefly had a theme song, what would it be? I was, I'll probably say Hot Rod Lincoln, just because he, he thinks a lot of himself and he just likes to go fast. <laughs> that, I think that would be a very good fit for him. He thinks a lot of himself <laughs> and loves to go fast. Absolutely. Uh. So throughout the year, you guys travel so much from Wyoming, Pendleton, Texas, California. You guys, got, you guys go all over. And as most of us know, keeping a horse happy and healthy on the road is not easy. So what's your secret sauce to keeping your horses not only happy and healthy, but sound while on the road? You know, I'm a big person in, like, preventative management. Um, I use a lot of chiropractic work and vet work. Like, if he's stepping off I don't wait two weeks to take him to the vet I'm that owner that I'm like something's off and like I know him so well that like I know what's normal and what's not and if I feel something that's not normal or like if his personality isn't normal I I I take him to the vet I call my vet or if I'm down south like I find one a vet that is uh, knowledgeable like uh he was Right before we went to Pilsenji, um I ran him at San Angelo, or no, uh, not San Angelo. There was a couple smaller rodeos that I went to, and, like, he just wasn't quite himself. And so my sister-in-law, Tasha Welsh, she's like, well, Don at Double X Equine is really good. And uh, so I spent a f- probably three hours at Don's got him in looked at him like we had to block him because we weren't quite sure where it was at and uh he just took really good time with him and so I just try and find the best vets you know if I can't get to my normal vet um 
to find one that knows, you know, obviously you want one that's a performance course met for this, you know, for the rodeos and stuff. Take them in. Like, it's going to save you a lot more, and you might be able to find something before. It is a huge problem. But, uh, and, and it's good just to, you know, if I know I have something big coming up, I take him over to Dr. Cardin when I'm home and just have her go over him, make sure nothing's going on. Like, out in the northwest, I could feel him, like, he was still working good, but I could still feel just a little hesitation on the backside of his turns. And so I got a hold of Megan Sprague, and her husband, Buck, worked on him. He said, and after that, he set an arena record at Lewiston and running a 16.9 on a standard. And oh. it's just the little things that you can pick up on. Like, if they're just not feeling quite right, go get them with that. And, you know, the to keeping them healthy and happy on the road, you know, they're... Their hay and their grain, he gets Renew Gold Senior. Um, it's the same, like, nothing about that feed changes. Like, every bag I've opened, it's the same. The color's the same. Like, he's never not wanted to eat it. He gets alfalfa hay. That can sometimes be a little hard to find, like, top-notch hay. And um, so you just try, I mean, when you do find it, you want to load up as much as you can to, until you can find the next good bunch, you know. Um, but just, you know, make sure they have everything that they need. And a lot of the times, like, his his needs come before mine, you know. Like, obviously, you have to take care of yourself, too, on the road. Whatever he needed, he got. And, like, when I do have my kids, Firefly, obviously, my kids, what they need comes before everything else but um he that he might not get quite as much extra time taken care of than when I do have my kids yeah well that was gonna be my next question is like you know seeing you with your kids on the road and how in the heck do you manage horses and kids and competing and keeping it all together and still kicking ass I mean that's that's it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of work and so many people, you know, have rodeo families and people that help out, but how do you manage it? Um, it's a lot. Uh, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of extra work, but um, I would much rather have them with me. You know, when I get back to the trailer and a run doesn't go quite as well as I would have liked, they're waiting for me at the trailer with hugs to tell me, Mom, you did so good. And it's mm-hmm. like, puts it all into perspective like yeah you have a bad run so what there's another one you know Mm -hmm. the the rodeo family is really good because when I do travel it's usually just the kids and I and you know but I've never been somewhere where another assistant hasn't been like hey do you need help or my mom's here or our babysitter's here if you need anything um and, and it's just, I, I feel like they all just understand, especially the other parents that are rodeoing, like, they get it, and they know how stressful it can be to go down the road and wonder who's at the rodeo, if you're going to be able to have someone to watch the kids, you know. But I do, and, like, it's just, after a while, it just becomes normal. Like, taking the kids, like, it's just normal for me, and you just figure things out and there's always a solution for everything you know I've never had it not work out unlike a dog you can't just throw your kids in the back of the trailer and say now stay here's some water <laughs> pee in the shavings if you gotta go yeah, yeah. you know like at Hildeer this year we were up in Slacker <laughs> over the fourth and she sometimes thinks that she can you know babysit her brother and I'm like no you're not old enough to babysit but um there was other adults and stuff around but um the nice thing about Kildeer is I could I had an eye on them you know the whole time I was watching them and then Raylan and Ronnie just sat up at the bleachers while I ran and then as soon as I got done I went and got them so like they weren't ever you know by themselves and there was um Keenan Best kind of kept an eye on them too while they were sitting there and um 
but yeah, it's just, I've never gone somewhere and someone's like, I'm not going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the horse industry as a whole, not just barrel racing. We're all kind of in this together. We've all been in a blowout tire situation. We've all been in a, hey, hold my horse. I forgot my whatever situation. We've all been there and done that. So everybody is willing to help. I've never met anybody that said, yeah, no, I can't do that for you. Yeah. Everybody is more than willing to help. Um, People are so nice and so kind and, you know, always willing to give advice. And so I think that's just how the Western industry is, you know, the kind of kind of cowboy code I guess you could say is to love everybody help each other and do the right thing yep kind of closing things out here I always forget to kind of get to know my guests a little bit so I'm gonna ask you 10 fun rapid fire questions to get to know you a little bit better which I'm sure is already making you cringe (laughs) because it does everybody but it's fun this is all fun just imagine we're hanging out after a barrel race eating some Mexican having a margarita just asking some questions are you ready Yes, ma'am. All right. Question number one. Favorite food? Spaghetti. Two. Favorite drink? Alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Oh, coffee. (laughs) Uh, Three. Do you have a dog? I don't. Oh, we cannot be soul sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did, and then uh, my dog actually um, went to a new home with Tyson and Shay Durfee. Oh, good home then. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, four, what kind of saddle do you ride in? Masters. Five, what's your favorite rodeo? Oh, probably Lewiston, Idaho. Oh, good one. Six, what's your current favorite song? Uh, Confidence by Sanctus Real. Hmm. Seven, what's the, what's the last Halloween costume that you wore? A pumpkin. <laughs> Eight, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Nine, on a scale from one to ten, how good are you at roping? Uh, two. <laughs> ten, if you could take a spit on any horse, dead or alive, who would it be? Probably Chongo. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Oh. But you got to keep your hands down. Yes. <laughs> Can't wear the yeah. visal bands, but you got to got to keep your hands down. <laughs> yeah, Emily would probably be like, all right, get off of him. Right. <laughs> He's such a cool horse. I love to watch him run, too. I mean, really all the horses that everybody had there at the NFR and even the ones that really the top probably 30 girls that finished, all the girls have just been amazing. And their horses speak volumes of them, not only of them as horsewomen, trainers, the breeders. You know, this industry is just ever evolving. Um, Yes. And one question that I always ask to people, ask people that I forgot to ask you, if you could change anything in this barrel horse industry or just the horse industry as a whole, if you could change anything, what would it be? One thing I do think, and maybe this has nothing to do with it, but I think people get so wrapped up on the big bloodlines and they overlook things and can't ride the papers. Like just because they're bred to do it doesn't mean they're gonna go do it that's a very true statement I've seen some really nice horses and I will ask them man that's a really nice horse how are they bred they're like it's that's a great horse I'm like really wow well kudos to them great horses I got a great one in my pasture (laughs) Amanda thank you so much for your time today I've really enjoyed our time together it's been so amazing to see you kick ass this last year And I hope that you and your horses have even more success in 2022. And you have such a special horse, Firefly. Gosh, I just love him. You two for sure are a duo to be reckoned with. So just tell us where we can find you on social media. Um, I do have an Instagram, but I'm not quite on that. But it's just Amanda K. Welsh. And I do have um, Facebook. Um, I don't have a fan page or anything like that. So it's just Amanda Welsh on Facebook. there you go guys you can find amanda on facebook at amanda welsh and she's also on instagram at amanda k welsh and that's the letter k please give us a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts, and be sure to hit that subscribe button on spotify or wherever you're listening by sharing on social media it really helps others like you find this podcast see i'm still considered a new podcast in this giant sea of podcasters podcasting 
So if you can help me out by sharing your favorite episode or tagging us on your social media, I'd really appreciate it. This podcast is on Instagram at The Barrel Horse Life Podcast and on Facebook at The Barrel Horse Life Podcast. I post whenever we have new episodes and some pretty funny memes. Support for this podcast comes from Draw It Out. You can purchase their complete line of products at LonePrairiePHS.com. And from WOCO, find out if you're a good fit for Jamie's program on her website at WHOAA-CO.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you down the road. Thank you.